From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. When you click to report a post you don't like or agree with on Facebook, where does that report go? In an eight-hour day, they'll probably be looking at content for six of those hours. They'll be expected to moderate at least 250 posts in a day. It actually goes to an office where someone like you and me has to watch every single awful thing that gets uploaded. Like, for example, the video of the Christchurch shooting. Today, we're going to find out exactly what it's like to work as a Facebook moderator and why so many of them end up with a similar medical condition. When a white supremacist decided to Facebook livestream his attack on two mosques in Christchurch earlier this year, the reports of the video being shared came into the offices of Facebook moderators thick and fast. People sitting in standard-issue office cubicles in front of a computer are receiving these reports. They then have to watch what happened to those people over and over again as they hunt down the sources and shut them down. The thing is... We don't even know if that's the worst thing those people have seen that day. Casey Newton is a reporter for The Verge who's investigated content moderation sites in North America. What he found was a group of very mentally scarred people. Casey, first up, we have to establish these people don't actually work for Facebook, do they? No, they, uh, what Facebook has done is hire a small number of large firms to go out and do the hiring for them. So it uses uh, a bunch of these companies around the world. And in my stories, I focused on two sites that are operated by a company called Cognizant. But its basic you know, reason for existence is to do things that other large firms don't want to do themselves. So these people are getting the notifications when somebody reports a post? Is that what's happening? Yeah, that's right. If you ever have seen anything on Facebook or Instagram and you thought it didn't belong there, you can click a button to report it and say why you think it doesn't belong there. And then once you do that, it'll be reviewed by a human moderator uh, who will then determine whether or not it violates Facebook's policies. So what are the qualifications of the people working there? Do they need some kind of secondary education or they literally are just hiring off the street? What's the qualifications look like? There are not typically requirements that the moderators have done any secondary education. It's pretty close to hiring off the street. So do they check their mental health before they do this job? Typically, no. And there is good reason for that. At least in the United States, employment law can make that illegal in some cases. Or, you know, if you're going to do it, you have to do it in a, in a sort of very specific way because, you know, these companies don't want to discriminate. But that said, the Cognizant will sort of explain to applicants that they're going to see disturbing content. They will show them some examples of that disturbing content. But they don't always do that. I've talked to moderators who say they felt misled about what the job was going to be before they started. Um, Some people will get hired on as managers and then are only told after they start working there that they're going to have to moderate content each day 
Furthermore, a lot of the images that these moderators will be shown during the interview process aren't nearly as graphic or disturbing as the ones that they'll see on the job. So it just turns out to be a job that it's very hard to prepare people to do. Now, you have spoken to some of these people who've come out despite the fact that they've signed agreements not to talk about it, but what do they describe their daily work day like? So they get into the office and they put their phone in the locker. They're not allowed to bring really any personal belongings onto what is called the production floor, which is where they have the workstations where they'll be looking at Facebook content. They log on, they click a button that says resume reviewing, and then they're off to the races. And most of them will see kind of a hodgepodge of content. Some of it will be very nine, some of it will be text posts, some of it will be videos of beheadings or animal abuse. And it just kind of arrives, you know, out of any order. In an eight hour day, they'll probably be looking at content for six of those hours. They'll be expected to moderate at least 250 posts in a day. And they'll be given relatively limited breaks. So, you know, I don't know what kind of break time y'all have down in Australia, but at this particular job, these workers will only get two 15-minute breaks, one 30-minute lunch, and then nine minutes of what they call wellness time, which the workers are supposed to use if they feel overwhelmed by the content, they want to take a breather, they can leave the floor for uh, nine minutes at a time and, you know, go talk to a counselor or play ping pong. So there's no warning for them about exactly what content they're going to see. So if they go to work one day and they're like, I can't handle seeing videos of animal abuse today, they can't avoid that. It's really just, it'll just land on their computer and they're forced to look at it. That's right. I mean, there are some tools where let's say you get a piece of content and you just absolutely don't want to look at it. You can sort of say to a neighbor, hey, like, can I send you this? Like, I I just can't deal with this. So they have tools like that. But There is really no queue of content that you can be placed in where Facebook can guarantee you're not going to see disturbing stuff because, of course, the whole point of the job is to find people who can view the disturbing stuff and remove it from the site. Now, you mentioned the wellness time and they could go and see a counsellor. Is there support available to people who are seeing horrific things every single day? Do they have a counsellor on site that's willing to sit down and talk it through with them every day? They do. The the trouble at the moment is that the counselor isn't always there. So if you work the night shift, for example, chances are you weren't going to have good access to a counselor. Facebook does make available other resources to these workers. There's a 24-hour hotline that they can call. They have various wellness programs in the office, so like yoga classes, video game consoles that they can play. And then the counselors who are on staff, I think are generally pretty well liked by the the moderators I've spoken with. So the resources are available, which is good. But of course, they go away the minute that you lose the job. And a lot of these folks will be fired because they couldn't accurately apply Facebook's policies well enough, or they'll just give up and quit in about a year because the working conditions are so bad. So in both of those cases, you know, a worker might have post-traumatic stress syndrome, but they no longer have access to any mental health care. Is PTSD common amongst Facebook moderators? It's hard for me to say. I have spoken with a number of moderators in multiple locations around the world who say that 
they have uh, been diagnosed with PTSD. Other people will get diagnosed with what's called secondary traumatic stress disorder, which is a, a very closely related condition that seems to afflict people who will kind of witness the trauma of others. But right now, there's been no systematic accounting for the long-term mental health repercussions of doing this job. And I think that's something that these companies should do. What are some of the stories of the people that you spoke to about what happened after experiencing this job? I remember talking to one guy who did this job for a while and just became very paranoid. He began bringing a gun to the office every day. He was worried that one of his former coworkers might come back and shoot the place up. He started to believe in the conspiracy theories that he would moderate. So he no longer believes that 9-11 was a, a terrorist attack. And now that he doesn't work at Facebook, he just finds himself waking up in the middle of the night. He'll wake up in the morning and sweep his house for intruders. So he just feels very, very uneasy at all times, and, and he has been diagnosed with PTSD. So, you know, that is perhaps a, a less common outcome, but it, it is absolutely happening to people. Has Facebook said anything about these people? Do they take any responsibility for the fact that they have to sit through these awful things? What does the company say? They usually say something like, this job is not for everyone, and we try to make a lot of mental health resources available for everyone who does the job, and also they want to get better over time. And after I wrote my first story, they did announce a number of changes. For example, they said that they would give all of their contractors around the world a $3 an hour raise, although it won't take effect until the summer of 2020. They say that they want to do a better job screening applicants so that they can find people who might be better suited to this kind of work. And they say that they do want to offer counseling to people after they leave the job. But when it comes to screening and counseling, they've told me that they're basically in the earliest stages of those discussions. It's not even clear how much they can do legally, they told me. And so, uh, unfortunately, both of those things, which I think would be very helpful, uh, appear to still be a long way away. You mentioned the pay rise. How much are these people getting paid to do this horrific job? So they get paid 15 American dollars an hour, which is about $28,800 a year. That's the, the starting salary. And that compares to the median pay of a full-time Facebook employee, which if you include salary, stock, and bonuses, is $240,000 a year. And that's the median pay, uh, remember, which means that uh, half of Facebook employees actually make more than that. That hardly seems like enough to put yourself into a place where you end up with PTSD, does it? Uh, not a not a good gig, but it, but it is an important one. It is an important one. Is there any better way of doing it? Look, there are people who do jobs where they see a lot of trauma, right? I mean, there are police officers, there are firefighters, there are social workers. And what those jobs have in common is that typically they are much better paid, right? So like in America, they'd be paid probably at least $45,000 a year. And they just work in better conditions, right? Like they don't work in offices that are filthy with disgusting bathrooms. They don't work in offices where there's a lot of sexual harassment, right? So I think if you improve the working conditions, then we would be able to focus on other ways of, of making the job itself better. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. 
And if you are after something else to listen to and you happen to be the mother of or know a teenage girl, check out Ask Me Anything. It's hosted by Rebecca Sparrow. Beck answers anonymous questions from teenage girls and, to be honest, has some pretty good advice for teens and adults too. Search Ask Me Anything in your favourite podcast app or you can follow the link in our show notes.